0: This is HSBC Global Viewpoint, your window into the thinking, trends and issues shaping global banking and markets. Join us as we hear from industry leaders and HSBC experts on the latest insights and opportunities for your business. A heads up to our listeners that this episode is being recorded remotely, therefore the sound quality may vary. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome to the latest in our digital podcast series. We are featuring a variety of different topics and market developments that are currently trending in the digital world. This edition of DigiTalks will feature an overview of how technology is driving digital distribution, but also exploring the opportunities this brings to the investment management industry post-pandemic. Introducing the topic is HSBC Security Services, Head of Business Development and Client Management for Asset Managers Europe, Paul Hefferman. Paul, over to you.
2: Okay, thanks, Gabriella. And Wayne, you're you're very, very welcome to this podcast. And and these are really exciting times with the the growth of digital technology and the opportunity that this brings to to asset managers in terms of how they connect with investors. There's, There's also a real opportunity to fundamentally change digital interactions and make the overall investing experience much more aligned to how we live our digital lives today, whether that's shopping, travel, banking. Can you just give us an overview of the opportunity for for asset managers in this space, please?
0: Thanks, Paul, and uh, and great to join you. Uh, Just to answer your question, it's it's no secret we know margin pressure is a theme across the asset management industry with fund manufacturers, distributors, asset services, and infrastructure providers all being forced to review their business models. I think coupled with this, the technology is obviously reducing barriers to entry and also increasing investor demand due to the ease of accessing investments. I think that investor demand and ease of use point is a really important one. If I think of myself personally, you know, I use three different D2C platforms and the one that is easiest to use is the one I use them for most of my investments, even though in some respects, the other platforms may be cheaper. I really think we can all relate to this to some extent. You know, The end user experience for me is critical to ensure a successful digital strategy. And if you look globally, it's clear the majority of asset managers realize this. You know, recent surveys state that technology coupled with data and digital capabilities will be key differentiators over the next three to five years. Added to this, a number of asset managers, as well as banks, are looking to enter or grow their wealth management business to focus on getting closer to the end customer. And obviously technology will be a key enabler for this. I think more broadly for me as well digital technology also brings a real opportunity in being able to better educate the end investor on the investment industry and also allows a more customised approach to suit their needs. You know if you look at the retail industry in Europe for me too many people still don't understand investments and the opportunity long-term investment provides. You know, a good example of this is the fact that in the UK, the majority of ISAs or tax-efficient individual savings accounts are still invested in cash. You know, when you com- compare those returns over 10 years, as Moneyfarm recently did, the differences are profound. But a cash ISA returning 13% versus 136% for a balanced fund and around 225% for a global equity fund.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's still, it is still astonishing there's so much invested in in cash and, and I think it's a perfect example. I also th- I also really like your point on investors' willingness to pay for the experience and a good quality experience. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I just wanna move the conversation on uh, a little bit and talking about Europe for a second, that the legacy infrastructure um, means there's enough, still a lot of paper-based processes um, it, that's prevalent across the distribution value chain. And, and that does make this, digital distribution and the adoption of same, just that bit more challenging. But I'm I'm interested to understand what the future looks like. And and I I always think um, for clues in how the landscape in Europe might evolve in terms of digital distribution, it's it's always good to look at the Asia experience. And as HSBC, we're obviously very close to to many of those markets in Asia. And and it's fair to say that Asia has been a really important test case for, for digital adoption due to its demographics, the, the, the various market sizes, and of course, the opportunity, as well as the, the extremely high levels of, of mobile penetration rates and the applications that support this distribution. So what, what are the key trends that you've seen that have evolved uh, in Asia? And you're absolutely right, Paul, And I think looking at
0: Asia, the interesting thing for me is that a number of digital trends were occurring a long time before the pandemic. You know, if we take China first, we can go back nearly 10 years to 2013, and Alibaba's and Financial introduced an online money market fund which allowed users of Alipay the digital payment platform to invest as little as one remnant buyer left over in their digital wallets. This became extremely popular especially among the young and incredibly within five years it was the largest money market fund in the world. Then you consider that the two major digital payment platforms Alipay and WeChat both have over one billion users And you can really see the enormous potential for asset managers through this distribution channel. These trends have obviously continued during the pandemic. You know, for example, the largest digital fund sales platform in China, Tianxin Funds, recorded gross sales of nearly 1.3 trillion remnant or circa just over $200 billion in 2020. You know, the number of visitors to the platform averaged nearly 2.6 million people per day. You know, if you compare that to ICBC, the top bank distributor. the the top bank distributor in China, they recorded just slightly over half of Tianxin's sales figures. Prior to that, ICBC was the largest fund distributor in China. That for me is a powerful example of how digital players have disrupted the distribution market in China. I think there are also examples of platforms which include a live streaming feature to enable fund managers to engage with their customers in real time as well. And this for me is another great example of the opportunity Digital interaction provides to help better inform investors and ultimately develop brand awareness and loyalty, which
2: is so key for, for
0: asset managers.
2: I mean, anything that uh, when it comes to China, uh, there are always big numbers. They're always astounding. But I just think the sheer pace of growth is just phenomenal in this digital space. And, and China is always a really interesting example. And, and one uh, we, always, we always go to first, and her growth in financial markets largely coincided with the, the digital revolution. But China's only one country in Asia. What about the rest of Asia? What's been happening there? Oh, that's,
0: that's a good point, Paul. And there's certainly other prominent examples of digital distribution across a number of key markets in Asia. know, if we just talk to a few of these, you know, if you look in India, Payton Money became the largest digital investing platform within two years of its launch. You know, Thailand's true money, Launched a fund distribution platform offering more than 600 funds to their e wallet customers. You know, Malaysia's digital platforms have seen the fastest growth in assets with growth in excess of 500% in 2020. You know, if you look in Singapore, you've got Grab Invest, which is basically a kind of Uber for Southeast Asia, which offers the ability to top up your investment portfolio by adding X amount of cents to the taxi ride. That's also been really successful. You know, If you look at Japan, investors have become increasingly fee conscious amid the persistent low interest rate environment. And as a result, low cost funds are gaining favour, particularly with young investors. And this is obviously increasing demand for funds via digital channels. I I think these trends for me point to the distribution landscape in Asia looking much more like China than the more mature markets, particularly as they don't have some of the legacy infrastructure and processes which can cause real challenges in adopting digital technology. I think also that one of the, you know, in addition to this, one of the factors that's helped accelerate the success of digital platforms across Asia is the use of digital analytics to enhance the end user experience. You know, examples of this include gaining insights in investor behavior, risk appetite and investment preferences to really drive ongoing product development, as well as, again, enhance that client experience.
2: Thanks, Wayne. And, and before we bring it back to you for a second, can you share any, any additional insights that you have in terms of distribution themes that we're seeing across Asia?
0: No problem, Paul. Uh, I think for Asian investors, which have basically got deep experience of buying products and services through digital channels, RoboAdvisor is likely to continue to play a key role in meeting investors' requirements for investment advice, particularly in meeting the needs of millennials and younger generation investors. I think using digital interaction to evaluate an investor's investment objectives, risk profile, and wealth management goals, and then using uh, layering that with computer-based optimization to match the investments, really reduces the financial literacy divide that can act as an investment barrier. I think this comes back to my original point about digital technology helping bridge the gaps in financial education for the retail market.
2: Thanks, Wayne, and that's really interesting um, in terms of the Asian angle. So just bringing it back to, to, to Europe for a minute, are we seeing similar trends uh, across Europe? Yes, we are, and there's
0: no doubt there is significant investment in technology across the industry to support this. Then you add to this the impact of the pandemic and the industry is a real opportunity to further drive the adoption of digital technology and distribution. I think in addition, there's very much a view that digital technology giants like Amazon, Google, Facebook, and Uber will be key players in the future. You know, if we just look at some specific examples, you know, some 7 million D2C digital investment accounts were opened in 2020 in the UK. You know, although traditionally asset managers have struggled with going direct in the UK, Vanguard's D2C platform was the second fastest growing platform in 2020. You know, Aberdeen's recent acquisition of Interactive Investor is another example of this. I think coupled with this and similar to Asia, there is a growing realisation that Robo advisors will become the main distribution channel for raising assets from the mass retail market in Europe. You know, the importance of this distribution channel has been demonstrated by JP Morgan Buying NapMake last year, as well as Aviva Buying Wealth Five. If you look at Europe, there are now circa, I think, 30 robo advisors in Germany. And as well as traditional funds, this also brings opportunities for ETFs, given their real-time pricing, allows investors to view their portfolio in real-time, rather than the latest NAV. Me as well, the growing importance of data and being able to profile and understand the investor behavior, which would include the growing preference for ESG, for example, will further accelerate the digital transformation of the industry. I do think, though, one point to note, as touched on earlier, is that the legacy infrastructure we have in Europe will likely mean that the digital transformation will, however, take longer than we have seen in Asia. But the added caveat to that would be that, you know, if we look at other sectors of financial services, you know, specifically retail banking, we have seen a real fundamental shift in how customers interact with a bank through the adoption of digital technology. You know, this move has removed paper-based, price, paper-based transactions, improving efficiency, reduced manual processes, but just as importantly for me, significantly enhanced the customer experience. Added to this, the banks can now really access data more effectively to allow them to tailor the pro- products they want
2: to offer their customers. Thanks, Wayne. I mean, look, in, in, in summary, and to wrap up, you know, some really, really exciting times ahead for the asset management industry. You gave some great examples with the, the powerhouses of the asset management industry uh, and through acquisitions, recognizing the importance of this, this di- these digital channels. And it's going to be really interesting to see how all of this plays out globally. I bet you that's not the end of the acquisition by the, the big asset management shops. And, and, and as you say, retail banking... It's a really great example um, that we can all relate to. I can't remember the time I spoke to my the last time I spoke to my bank. Um, and it seems that digital experience will be a key buying criteria for how investors will choose an asset manager and brand loyalty. So getting this right will be key to the future success. Frankly, without any digital strategy, you don't have a distribution strategy. Uh, Wayne, thank you for your wonderful insights today. It's been really great having you, and back to you, Gabriella.
1: Uh, Paul, thank you so much, and I can only add to that. This was extremely interesting, and I totally agree with you that um, going forward, most of the industries that I think we're speaking to today, they do need a digital strategy, so um, you've shown this beautifully. Um, I would like to thank everyone for listening to this edition of DigiTalks. We hope that you enjoyed learning about digital distribution. Stay tuned for more from our podcasts as we explore more trends in the coming weeks.